0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey Neat, Spirited Conversations with Interesting People. I am your host, Christopher Hart. I say this every time, I mean it every time, today was freaking fun. Um, I had so much fun sitting down with bourbon author, um, she's the right hand to Fred Minnick at Bourbon Plus Magazine, I mean Carla Carlton is one hell of a woman that has been making a name for bourbon for years uh and Ed Bly Ed Bly has been kind of not at the forefront necessarily but one of the main tenants the main pillars that have brought up bourbon barrel picks for the past 5 years uh Ed Bly has been responsible for some of the most coveted some of the most uh traded and and costly bourbon barrel picks Him, uh, He he gained notoriety at Cork and Bottle, has has had several articles written about him. He's a great guy, and he's recently lost quite a bit of weight. The man is on top of his game like he's never been before. I'm super happy to have him here. Uh, Ed Bly and Carla Carlton are both here. They flew in from Louisville to come to my event, the Houston Whiskey Social, which by the time you're listening to this, will be a week after the event, so... I hope it went well. I hope there were no issues. I hope no one uh, was a jerk, and I hope the event was well-loved and, and treated uh, with kindness. Uh, if it wasn't, then I'll start my apologies now and just say I'm sorry. I try to make the event as fun as possible for everybody. I don't know what happened. I, I Whatever. <laughs> so um, this episode, as always, is sponsored by Edrington, who is responsible for McAllen. Highland Park, and we drink our way through a few things today and have a a quick conversation about how the bourbon world has evolved in such a magnificent way the past five years. We are also joined by Randy Svetlick, who is uh, colloquially known as one of the Four Horsemen locally. Uh, We don't get into that, but he is a very famous palate and a good friend of Ed's and a good friend of mine. Uh, He works at NASA as well, so now that is the fourth NASA person on this show. Go figure. We're in Houston. And uh, yeah, Uh, if you haven't listened to an episode of the show before, let me recommend last week's episode. Uh, Last week's, or two weeks ago, was the episode we did with TJ Miller, who's a comedian. It was a completely uncensored episode. They got really off the rails. And it was great. It was very well-loved, and, and the, all the feedback I've received has been positive. Last week's episode was with Kathleen D. Benedetto, who's a Bourbon Hall of Famer, one of the second or th- – no, I think she's the fifth female in the Bourbon Hall of Fame. She's fantastic. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, you can follow the show at mywhiskeyneat.com or Twitter at mywhiskeyneat or Instagram at mywhiskeyneat. You'll ask, why mywhiskeyneat? It's because I like to drink my whiskey need. Uh, Other than that, I think that covers all of our bases, so without further ado, Carla Carlton from Bourbon Plus Magazine, and Ed Bly from Rising Tide Spirits, and Randy Svetlick from NASA. Cheers. I'm super excited that you both are here. Uh, First, I, I first... Saw you, like, actually talking in person on Bourbon Pursuit. And, of course, you're a bit familiar with that podcast as well. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited you guys are down. And, and I was starting to tell you before the show, I'm a little nervous about you guys being here this weekend. Because Louisville just had the – I forget the name of the festival. But they had, like, Lenny Kravitz there. And, like, it's a full-blown concert thing. Texas, were I have a – it's the biggest event in Texas, but that's not saying much compared to what you guys might be used to up in <laughs> Kentucky. So, I'm a little nervous to try to show off my little. It's like, hey, look at my Honda Civic. It's a 2018. Like it's a, <laughs> and so you're you're being
1: modest because i already, not, I already know.
0: I'm not. I'm really not trying to be modest. I'm. I mean, you guys have some of the biggest events. You do multiple day events. We are trying to get to that point where, but it's a slow. Sure. You have to do it slow because, like. I remember the first year we did 230 people or 330 people. I always forget, but the second year we wanted to double in size and people were like, "That's a horrible idea." Well, that's only 700 people, mm-hmm. and we pulled it off. But but people were like trying to warn me, "That's a it's too much, too fat." And it it was a it was a bit much, but it was fine. And whereas you get like a in in New Orleans, they've got the, the they just did their Bourbon Festival and it's like five days and thousands of people and. So we're, we're slow. We're baby step. We're toddlers right now. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm a little nervous getting in some of the, the guys who've been guys and girls who've been doing it, uh, for, for just, you know, you guys have been doing it big up there forever. So
1: look, it's the culture, but it's neat seeing the culture expand, especially down here. Sure. Houston's on fire with mm-hmm. bourbon. I mean, I've seen what you guys have been doing down here and it's absolutely incredible. Well,
0: we've, we've had, we've had quite a bit of help. I mean, Randy, who's off camera, I know you guys mm-hmm. can't see him. Uh, Randy has been part of a group here that was called a, is called the Gulf Coast Bourbon Maniacs. They've been doing it here for like 15 years, but they've kept it relatively small and uh, kind of close knit and more conversational. And, and it just seems like in the past five years. It's it's been ridiculous. It's been ridiculous what's happened in Houston. So uh, I'm excited that you're both here. And uh, part of the show is drinking, and you guys have already poured. So I'm going to jump in. What are you What are you guys drinking?
1: We had uh, 89 Wild Turkey that actually survived uh survived uh, the, uh hurricane.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, here is this Randy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yes. Randy's. All right, I'm
1: so, I'm taking a pour. So yeah. Hurricane Harvey that was underwater for three days, still corked. Randy said, but I'm telling you, it tastes fantastic. Yeah,
2: it does taste great. It's <laughs>
0: perfect. I didn't know your house caught damage
2: it it was Mm -hmm. a friend's house okay Uh, did you loot it yeah Uh,
0: yeah that's exactly (laughs) what happened he's like I'll go in there and help you clean up the damage (laughs) and he's just collecting uh, (laughs) bottles walks out with a bottle it was a a
3: gift from him for appreciation for helping him out during a hard time and amazing I didn't want to take it but he insisted
2: so that's awesome love this label too
1: oof Mm. so good
3: man there's there's
0: not much yes absolutely cheers Cheers. there's not much like old turkey
3: yeah 89 is a stellar year Turkey. Mm-hmm.
0: Was, it's There's about it. a five year span. For those who can't hear, Randy said that '89 is a great <clears throat> uh year for turkey. Mm-hmm. We have Randy's pick here too, the Armagnac. Mm-hmm. Have you tasted it yet?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. tasty. <laughs> very good. <laughs> very tasty. He did
1: very well on that one.
0: So you guys are actually here for, if people hadn't already picked up on it, the Houston Whiskey Social, mm-hmm. my, sure. my festival that we have here every year. Uh, I'm super excited. Carla has been working with Fred for quite some time, a, building the brand that is Bourbon Plus. Yep. Uh, Ed has been working on building his own brand with Rising Tide, Rising Tide Spirits, right? Uh, you, for those who aren't familiar, Ed uh, kind of made a name for herself for, for barrel picks, right? I mean, you and Cork and Bottle have been doing, uh, I mean, I think the last was it a hundred and something picks you guys yeah, no, have done? We did
1: close to 250 was yeah. the number
0: 250 picks and how what's that time span
1: um four years
0: four years 250 barrel picks um, we, we we worked on 30 i often misspeak on this show in fact last week with tj miller uh i had mentioned that nika was owned by beam and i know better i freaking know better <laughs> we were trying to remember some japanese whiskey and the guy i've dealt i've worked with nika for years locally andy mauer who's now in California. Uh, I, I know they're not with Beam, but for, we couldn't – it just would not click in. So, uh, we were drinking a Biki, so which is owned right. by Beam. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, I misspeak all the time. Uh, I said that in the past recently that we worked uh, – HBS did 30 picks last year. It's not accurate. It's more 30 projects. So, right. the beer projects included. Uh, we've been a part of uh, 30 projects last right. year. So And we're pretty – that's a bit it's huge. Mm-hmm. Overextending ourselves locally. Yeah. Uh And you guys did 250 in four years. It's
1: a lot. But, it, you know, we also ran barrels through the store and that kind of stuff for other groups that we were involved in picks on. So it wasn't all just cork and bottle picks per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them were just picks. You know, we ran a sure. ton of them through there. Mm-hmm. Sure. We uh, we built a, quite a following over the time. A there. massive following. Yeah. 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 And so now, obviously, next steps are. <laughs> A little bit bigger,
0: yeah. So you left your your job over at Cork and Bottle to mm-hmm. build your own brand, your own distilleries. The goal, eventually, yeah, yeah. Correct. And uh, with Rising Tide Spirits, correct. And so we we basically, my whole point is, we're we're sitting at a table here of three people who have, uh, been been building. Well, I, I'm not saying that I'm in the same category as you guys, but we've been <laughs> we all been building a culture around uh, Brown Water for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, we were actually <laughs> talking off camera before we started. And I think uh, I think. It's kind of the hobby that chose the career for all of us to a degree.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I mean, it, it's amazing how. Uh, I mean, for a long time I've worked in private aviation, and it, it's getting to the point where I very soon may not have to. Not that I have to. I, I love the job, but uh, it's it's one of those things. It's like you start a company or you start doing something, you don't realize where it's going to lead you, and then all of a sudden you're you're seeing yourself in the situation where you're like, oh, okay, well. I mean, like, I don't. Did Fred always have the dream of starting Bourbon Plus, or was this something that he realized at one point? You know, what I'm going to do this.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think he. I think he always had the dream of having a magazine. I don't know that he necessarily thought it would be a bourbon magazine all along. Um, you know, he didn't start out covering bourbon, um, but it's been a dream of his for for quite you know for the past several years. Certainly, um, I started out working at a newspaper. <laughs> Um, and I, I worked at the Courier Journal in Louisville for almost 20 years, and now, in fact, I, my my real job is um, as communications director uh, at a private university in Louisville. But I kept writing about bourbon just to keep my hand in that kind of you know writing. Sure. And you know, I started a blog about 10 years ago, and thought, you know, is there going to be enough to write about? You know, and it's just crazy because then it just all exploded. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. You know? And so, wrote a book uh, a couple years ago, and um, I blog as the Bourbon Babe, and it's just it's it's been really cool. And so, you know, met Fred through the course of doing that kind of writing, and um, when he asked me to be managing editor of Bourbon Plus, I, I jumped at that chance because it's you know. We're trying to tell in depth the stories of the characters, the personalities in the bourbon world, the sure. science behind bourbon. There's a ton of science involved, you know, and just – and really tell uh, long-form stories, which a lot of magazines aren't really doing these days. So, it's been a Yeah, everyone's blast. looking
0: for like 150 words, right. little excerpts and –
2: factoids and, you know, <clears throat> listicles.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we've got some great writers from all over the country. We've got fantastic photographers. Um, Oh your
0: photography game's on point. Yeah. I mean Bourbon Plus is killing it. When you when you come out with an idea like I'm gonna start my own magazine, you the aesthetic is is almost the most important thing to begin with, right? Right. If you can get the aesthetic right, then obviously you want substance in which you guys are providing. But if you only get the substance and it looks like a mad magazine from 1990, you know, it's no one's going to want to read it or care.
2: Yeah, and we're really fortunate because um, Fred's been writing for this magazine called Covey Rise for uh, over 10 years. Um, And they're based out of Birmingham and they're publishing Bourbon Plus as well. And that's a magazine for... Uh, you know, bird hunters. <laughs> um, and it's it's also a beautiful magazine. He he has written a column about, you know, when you come back with your dead birds, what do you want to drink afterwards around the fire? So he's written this column and that's how he got to know those those folks. And they bring that same approach to uh, to Bourbon Plus of having, you know, beautiful photography, full-page photography, um, a mix of 75% words to 25% ads, not breaking up the, the, wow. the copy with a lot of ads. We have great illustrators who do – you know, these, these illustrations that accompany the story. So we had a real clear idea going into it, what we wanted it to look like, um, and how we wanted the paper to feel even, you know, and it's just, they've done, they've just done a fantastic job of making that come to life.
0: Well, anything you want to, in my opinion, my limited opinion, my naive opinion, (laughs) I I would say that, um, even introducing someone to like, like for instance, National Geographic Mm -hmm. for a long time, people didn't really As a population, our focus was television and stuff. And National Geographic did a really good job of providing these incredible images that kind of made you interested in in it. Maybe in a subject that you weren't necessarily super interested in, right? So Mm -hmm. if you can capture them with an image and and make it just this fascinating, beautiful thing, uh, there's no way they're not going to at least want to read it and find out what's going on, right? Yeah,
2: I agree, especially coming from a newspaper background. You know, I think there is something really, really powerful, especially today about a still image because – we're just battered by video constantly. Everything's moving. And I think if you've got a really powerful still image, it really does grab people and makes you want to, you know, look at that and, and, and read more about it. Um, so I do think there's a great deal of power in the, in the still image.
0: Yeah. Not to mention that old saying, right? Patriot's yeah. worth a thousand that's words. Right. That's right.
2: But true. we're still writing the thousand words too. So you get <laughs> it all. <laughs>
0: <awesome>. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I really, uh, I've been a huge fan of Fred's for a while. He's, a, he's an interesting character. And uh, I always get my heart flutters when I see him. I'm kind of speaking <laughs> about being nervous this weekend. I'm glad he kind of glad he couldn't make it <laughs> because uh, no one can be mean like Fred Minnick can be mean. Honest. He, he, yeah. uh, sorry, that's the word I meant. It was honest. <laughs> did I say mean? I meant honest. <laughs> no one can be honest the way that Fred Minnick can be honest. And uh, he he sometimes he, he surprises me. Like he, I watched the interview he did with Doug, uh, uh, Dave Picerell. Mm-hmm. And they're trying the new spirit of Moth and uh boss hog and they're smiles on their faces. They're having a great conversation. They've obviously known each other for years. And then he asked him what he thinks of it and he's like, No, nah, I don't like it. I was yeah. like, Oh
4: God. <laughs> like it's so it's so
0: it's so great to to uh, just to, he's gotten to that point where he he can be honest with no repercussion.
1: Fred's been through yeah. so much. I mean, knowing his history a little bit. My favorite picture of Fred is him riding in the back of that Humvee, mm-hmm. taking pictures, when everybody else is up there with their guns. He was in, in the military for a long time, mm-hmm. but. He's a real person and he, he, he can just tell you because he doesn't care. I mean, it's like Fred, Fred's so passionate about what Fred's about. It's like if you, he has an issue with something that
0: he'll tell you. Yeah. He'll tell you. And I think yeah. it's, I mean, I think that's really, really important. I think it's important to be transparent and to be honest. But the problem is, is from, from a brand's perspective, as you, as you come up, uh, let's say, especially nowadays starting to do reporting or whatever the hell this is called, uh, you, you, brands are can be not always but can be very sensitive to constructive feedback sure. even when it is constructive so sure. uh it's this dichotomy of like you got to get to a point where you're undeniable Fred's undeniable yeah meaning that even if you get mad at him okay that's that's on you that's not like if you're a brand and you don't like the fact that he just reviewed something with Caleb uh Kilburn who mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love this
4: I,
1: I, I hate to
0: say I love this kid he nice. was on the show he was fantastic yes. he's so charming yes. he's so uh He's that classic American cornbread oh, boy, yeah. good old boy, you know, mm-hmm. like he's just this perfect guy. Uh, and uh, he he was reviewing something. Someone sent uh, Fred a sample and I forget it's on YouTube. You can look it up. But uh, Fred was... he was very honest and uh, I thought oh this is really fun to watch (laughs) Yeah, just from this perspective just given the honest opinion and we've been honest on the show a lot there's been some things that uh, I've kind of bit my tongue so I wasn't rude to to someone that uh, you know that i really liked you know but i i'm getting there it's yeah. it's, it's a stepping process well, you
2: said you said fred doesn't care i think fred does care you know i mean i know what you mean yeah, but yeah. i think
1: let me, let me rephrase yeah, that fred doesn't yeah, care about criticism right to fred. he cares
2: yeah and i think you know ha- having we're approaching this as journalists too you know as opposed to there are some bloggers who are really our fanboys and that's how they're coming at it and i think the brands especially the big brands respect that um You know, I I review uh, bourbons on my website too. And uh, I remember when Angel's Envy's Cask Strength first came out, I just really didn't like it. And, I, you know, they sent me a sample and I was like, well, I just don't like this. And I said that, but I I try to be constructive. You know, it's really easy to write a funny, witty, cutting review and be funny about it. But, you know, I tried to say, this is why I don't like it. But if you like this, you know, this particular style, you might like it. It's not for my palate. Because that's the other thing about whiskey is – Everybody's palate is different, so
0: I, I actually there's a big I think there's a big difference between something being bad and something not being your taste. Right. There's been a lot of things that uh, I'll give you a great example. Uh, I know I don't I'm not, I don't know about you, but I know three of us here are definitely fans of MB Roland, mm-hmm. and MB Roland is not your conti- your your typical Kentucky profile. Right. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. We actually thoroughly enjoyed it, and. I understand that not everything is going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. I know people who won't drink any scotch. I'm like no, there's a lot of great scotch out there mm-hmm. I mean, but i I like to it bothers me when someone hates something vers and and says it's bad versus it's not my taste. There is some stuff that is just bad right, right? you can't there's undeniable yeah. bad stuff out there uh that everyone thinks is bad bit bit and tucker and uh <laughs> You, but there's other stuff that's just not your bag and right. and that's and okay and yeah. and, and I, when i talk to someone that i know drinks 90 100% bourbon and they only drink buffalo trace products i'm like well here's this uh renegade barrel from uh plantation or from maison ferron and and they're like i don't like it well i <laughs> Okay, it's fine. You don't (laughs) like it. Uh, I get it. You're not that guy. But uh, if I meet someone like Randy who drinks Armagnac, he drinks LaFroy, he drinks Mm -hmm. Sherry Scotches, bourbons, young bourbons, old bourbons. uh, I know that we disagreed on the thing I said I hated from uh, Kentucky that said was hot garbage. Uh, (laughs) What's it called? It was two years. Oh, the the Dueling Grounds. The Dueling Grounds. I didn't like the Dueling Grounds. I tried by a fire, but but I was being honest. Mm -hmm. Right. He but I was also two cigars into that night. Right. And he was like Your your palate's probably blown out. And I said, All right, I'll try it. But Mm -hmm. it's 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 a fascinating discussion. Yeah. Regardless. And I
2: think if you even if you hate something, if you can say I hate this because you know, you're you're doing some of these (laughs) distillers a favor, frankly, because, you know, they're putting especially these these emerging craft distillers—they're putting tons of money into this product. A lot of them are releasing stuff that is too young. It just is—it's just not very good. It needs to age longer. And I know they need to make money, but somebody might buy that one bottle. They're never going to buy it again. So they're really—you know—they're shooting them. You know, a lot
0: of people were mad yeah. at Garrison early on. Mm-hmm. Try them now. Right. The stuff they're putting out now is some of the best stuff.
1: But a they lot
2: of make. people won't ever do that. So yeah. you know, I think you know, if you try it and you're like, oh yeah, that's okay. You know, I you're, you're it, not doing them any favors.
1: I think it's a little bit different. And I think what it is is it's all about pers- perspective. There's products on the market today that you and I aren't necessarily fans of. Um, I'm going to use a general one, just not calling anybody out, but White Dog, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, sure. There's a reason that White Dog's still on the market. People buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we're enthusiasts and we think one direction doesn't mean there's not a market for what they're trying to release. It's just caught in the wrong direction, if you will. Sure. So what's happened is is this two-year product somehow has made its way up to the pinnacle of the bourbon culture. And it's being (laughs) destroyed by the guys that are up there. That are used to drinking 15 and 20 year old whiskey. <laughs> what two year old product? Whatever, two year old. Oh, product. sure. yeah, yeah In yeah. general. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what it is. A good it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So that product's in the wrong person's hands. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean Some that there's not that. a place for that. Product. We
0: can be specific. I'll give you an example. So for those who are watching, the episode that aired today is Basil Hayden's mm-hmm. or uh, Kathleen DiBenedetto. Mm-hmm. Basil Hayden's is the entry door to bourbon. Whereas we're all hanging out in the back patio. Mm-hmm. Like we're already, we're, we're, we're through the 80 proof stuff. We're now on, you know, we hit the 90 proof stuff, hunted, bonded. I mean, we, now we're looking at old stuff. Then you actually peel back from old stuff, right? You don't give a crap about the 18 year old, 20 year old bourbons anymore. And you're back to that sweet spot of eight to 10, right? Or eight to 12. Um, we're just at a different point in our journey. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think uh, Basil Haynes is bad. I, it's it's not my go-to because I like a little I like my mouth to burn a little bit you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, and the eighty proof is is appealing to a different audience. It's and, iced
4: tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
0: know what's crazy is I had a few recently that were of, of whiskeys that were ninety proof, and it, it it's almost like you can literally taste the water more. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like oh like
1: what you're noticing is it's thinner.
0: Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. But in my head, when I'm drinking Russells, I I know. Three or four pours, I'm gonna be feeling pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. But with that stuff, it kind of you kind of don't notice how much you've Sneak consumed because it's so thin and so not not just basil Haynes, but any 80 proof. You're yeah. like you, you almost don't notice. Okay, I've had I'm not pouring one ounce or half ounce pour. I mean, even this that's what you know, that's a good pour. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to taste something, well, right. and then uh, you get a little uh, a rocks glass full of 80 proof stuff, and you're like, oh crap, I've had. <laughs> A lot more than I thought I was supposed (laughs) to have. It's a bit misleading, is what I'm trying to say. Sneaky.
2: Yeah, of course. On the other end of the spectrum, a lot of people are into you know barrel strength bourbon, which is fine with me since my book is called Barrel Strength Bourbon. But um, if they get confused and buy the book instead, that's great. You know.
0: Just for the record, I haven't mentioned anything about you yet because I'm doing the intro. I don't want you to think I'm lacking. She's like, I'm going to plug myself. (laughs) I'm going to plug my book.
2: No, but um, but you know, a lot of people are, are you know drinking those, and um, with those really high proof bourbons, you know, you can have uh. Bourbons that aren't maybe as good skate by because that high proof covers up a lot of things. Oh, 100% you know? agree. Yeah.
0: So. I, I still contend, and I've said this for a few years now, and I know I have a habit of um, I'll say something, especially online, and I mean what I mean in my head, <laughs> but don't realize how it might be perceived what I'm what I'm saying online. It might be read a different way. So I've had to often go back and reshape what I'm trying to say. So I'll even in person I'll say, let me say it and let me shape it. Like let me <laughs> right. So the, I, I've always said contended that the best bourbon, the best way I should have it is at straight from the barrel. And then I can add water as I wanted but I want the most pure product to start with and then let it be my decision. Right. But it doesn't always get said that way. Originally I was like I'd much rather have the, the, the you know, the straight from the barrel, whether it's hazmat or whatever, <laughs> not necessarily that the, high, the most highest proof is the best. That's not what I'm saying, but I'd much rather start with that product and go from there. Honestly, mm-hmm. we've had, I know I can say that I've had a ton of hazmat stuff that was perfect as is mm-hmm. and some that was better at 120. Right. Yeah. All of our Copper and Kings barrels, we, we were at 128, 130. We cut them all down to 123, just to, just enough mm-hmm. to take that bite, that like youthful bite off of the that sharpness off the end. You know,
1: yeah. that leads us right into what we're doing. Yeah, what's <laughs> that? Well, I mean, at Rising Tide, that's what we focus on. So we're focusing on the barrel to bottle process. That's what we do. So when you tweak a product like that with just a touch of water, it rounds it out, makes it perfect. Filtration does the same thing. There's a bunch of different things that go into that, and that's what we focus on. So, so are you
0: guys in the position right now that you're actually uh, – uh, I mean, worded this way, but yeah. you're going to start off as a bottling company?
1: Uh, rectifier? Okay. Rectification. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. We'll be sourcing. I mean, right up front. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so that's what yeah. you're saying. So you're going to be more like the the Ju- the Van Winkles were in the '70s 80s. '80s. Okay. Yeah.
1: So we'll be more working on the back end of the product. So the 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 products that we work with, you know, not so much the 30% on the flavor in the front, but the majority of flavor on the back from the barrel. Sure. When you deal with filtration and you deal with proofing and you deal with blending, that's all palette work. That's that's where we're coming in.
0: Sure. So what's when uh, when can we expect something from you guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully by the end of the year,
0: you can do a a, a, a mic drop four uh, no. redux edition or no. just like a like a, a playoff no. just to shut them down. <laughs> no, you should do a series of insulting uh, releases where no. they're they're slight. Where they're, where, edit. Where's where, the
4: edit? Button?
0: Where you know. should you should do a series like a three bottle release where it's a reference to something in the bourbon world. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, stickers, just stickers yeah. or lamps or yeah. Oh, throw uh, do a release oh. called throw. Shade, that's a throwing shade, throwing shade, and and then on the and you know yeah, and have you a can, holding lampshade on you, you, the you, side you, of just like a, you can have you an can, iceberg on the front it, and look. color it gold, yeah. a little yeah. Goldberg, a little right. Goldberg reference.
2: <laughs> yeah, if <after laughs> you finish <laughs> it, you can make a lamp out of it. Wire it.
0: Yeah, know. yeah, a little, <laughs> little lamp reference right <laughs> out <of> the bat. <laughs> Put an ascot on the bottom. Yeah, right. I, I think we I think we talked about that. Yeah,
2: That's right.
1: No, you know. Our market, there's like I was telling you before, there's butts for every seat. I, I really believe that the old car saying. Say that again. There's a butt for every seat. Oh, a butt for every seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. old car yeah. saying. Old car car, yeah. car sure. sales saying. You know, and, and there's so many different products out there that. The only thing I can tell you is you have to really blaze your own path as to what you like, and it's going to change a lot. It's going to change a lot over your duration of a bourbon drinker. We mm-hmm. we saw a natural cycle of a bourbon drinker at Cork, and we were able to identify it. You could always tell exactly where somebody was in their bourbon cycle by the bottle they pulled off the shelf.
0: Oh, absolutely. You could yeah. tell a lot about people by the what they choose to drink. Right. And, I mean, there's a difference. Uh, it could be a little bit misleading depending on how far they are into their drinking process. I mean, right. I remember, uh, there's a, a beautiful scotch, uh, Glenroths 18 that, that was released a few years ago in, in 1995, was the year that it was distilled. So 18 years after that, it came out. And, uh, so 2015, 2016, it came out. The, 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 the it was the one that was like basically green baked apples. It was fantastic, but it was, it was, it was 95 and it was 18, it was 80 proof. And Gene, I remember, uh, two years into his bourbon thing, he was at that level where everything he wanted was, was barrel-proof. Mm-hmm. He went to a bar, tried this 80-proof release, and dogged on it, hated it. Two years after that, he's now at the point of his journey where he's enjoying lower-proof stuff again. He enjoys the 85, 86-proof, 90-proof. And he, and he writes a post about how great this bottle is, forgetting he had trashed it two years earlier. <laughs> I screenshot it. I was like, it's the same bottle, brother. Like, It's it just this example. So, at, early in their, if someone says they've been drinking three years, what they grab off the shelf, I'll agree with you. Right. Someone that's been drinking 15 years, it, it's hard to tell a lot about them by the – only bottle they grabbed, the first bottle they grab.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes, that's true. But I, what we noticed at court was it was pretty predictable. You could tell how long a person had been drinking based on the products that they were picking. And it was pretty predictable in the questions they would ask you when you would come in. It would help It would help me steer them in the right direction when they asked you sure. for recommendations. I think that's kind of what we're looking at here as an industry, too, to a degree. Is, or as an industry, we're all evolving. And our tastes are even changing. I mean… The longest time, the dusty whiskeys were the big draw.
0: You know what sucks about that is they're getting. I'm seeing them less and less on the boards. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, we went through this with this resurgence of basically burning through our oil reserves, and now people mm-hmm. are drinking them. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah,
1: they're opening them up. It's yeah, no longer a trophy. It's, and
0: the prices know. are going up, and they're getting a little harder to find. You want some of this?
3: Uh, I'm saying we got them on the table because we're drinking
0: them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Two of these. This is an '89 Old Taylor, yeah. ND, and. Uh, Turkey again. Mm-hmm. That's a turkey, 89. Uh, let me try that Russell's pick.
2: The Russell's is really good. Yeah, it's a tasty
0: tasty tasty. On so, are you a comic book fan at all? From, from I know that's a weird question to ask, and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so so there's something that happened in, in DC comics early on where they would Carla Carlton is a perfect DC comic name,
4: <laughs> yes, it is Lana Lang, Lois
0: <laughs> yeah, Lane, right. Lex Luthor. Clark Kent. I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of like double, double, mm-hmm. let- although Clark Kent's not the CK, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Lois Lane, Lana Lang. Uh, I mean, er, all of them had that double letter that mm-hmm. Carla Carlton's is Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, I was a reporter. Yeah. It, yeah oh, dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, me that bottle. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this, this smells fantastic. God, I forgot mm-hmm. how I haven't had Russell's in a while. So good. That's it kind of smells like old, that's, old turkey. It's one of the best.
1: It's. Yeah. It's not, I definitely miss. Uh, it's very smooth. definitely miss climbing around there with Eddie. That's for sure.
0: So are you going to go back and do it? Uh, charity stuff. I mean, I'm sure it. there's some, I'm sure there's still stores <laughs> that'll take your stuff if you've got your name attached to it. <laughs> so you do so. So <laughs> you don't, I mean, well, I mean, couldn't you still, did, let me, can I ask you an honest yeah. question? Yeah. And if it's bad, we'll cut it out. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you leave cork and bottle on good terms? Yeah, of course. Okay. So you can do a pick.
1: I left them better than I found him by a lion.
0: Sure, time. I agree. I agree. But no, I mean, like I You said, hear that? No. In your face. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no,
1: like, literally, I got him to the airport storefront. On my way out the door. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I hooked them up. So you could <laughs> still,
0: if you wanted to, to, do another. I know Turkey's getting weird about their picks lately because of oh, Campari, but.
1: I do mostly, if I do picks anymore and I do a couple here and there, it's all, all 100% charity barrels. That's all they're for. I don't want to make a, a distillery nervous with me going around, climbing around in the rig houses now. Do you mean? Well, they know that I'm, they know that what I'm doing.
0: Oh, because you're now technically in the competitor realm. <laughs>
1: (laughs)
4: Uh, It's it's funny
1: how it all works. And it's really an interesting thing because I noticed it when I went from barrel picker to blender. And now I'm noticing it again from blender and barrel picker to producer. Everybody's opinion of you.
0: They're a bit more a skeptical about oh, some yeah, things.
1: It's <laughs> it really is. But it, how they treat you changes too. So I don't want to put them in an awkward position. I absolutely love Campari. I love Turkey. I love those people down there. They do amazing stuff. Eddie's one of my favorite people and been a mentor for a long time of what I do. Sure. And uh, and I wish him nothing but the best, but I definitely don't want to make him uncomfortable going down there and picking either. <laughs> yeah. So. You know,
0: it's weird that that happens because uh, I I've had a similar experience with doing a show as well as doing a festival mm-hmm. with other people who already have festivals and and I have nothing but positive things to say about uh Kenny Coleman and oh, yeah. and Ryan uh but even in some of our conversations I'm like do you like I don't think anything but but like I'm the little guy right. I love everybody but I some conversations feel a bit like they don't trust me of course right you know what I mean like yeah. you have that weird
1: it's an interesting dynamic. It, it, it's and an it interesting changes.
0: dynamic when even when your intentions can be pure and right. honest. And and we had the idea uh, over a year ago to start doing uh, – we've got some pretty good relationship with Texas distributors. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do our own uh, product, our own uh, HBS branded bottle. Like it would yes. have our name on it. We wouldn't make any money. I wouldn't make any money on it. But it would be fun to do. And this is before I knew – that they had those intentions.
2: There's a bourbon. Um, I went to oh, interview oh, very um, happy with that. I went to v- interview Harlan Wheatley once at Buffalo Trace and I had just started writing about bourbon and he goes, wait a second, I want you to taste something. So I'm like, oh dear God, you know, here's this master distiller and he's like, I want to see what you think of this. And it's like, so he brings me this sample and I, I taste it and I was like, um, mm-hmm. kind of tastes like. Peanut butter, chocolate, it kind of tastes like a Reese's cup. And he's like, I love that. That's perfect. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, I can't tell you. (laughs) So it was some, you know, they're always experimenting. So it's some experiment. So every time I see him, I'm like, what happened to that? And he he hasn't released it yet, but they promised that when they release it, they're going to let me know. But uh, yeah, but I was just like talk about being put on the spot. You know, I'm like, what if I say the wrong thing? But yeah, yeah. the
0: uh, peanut butter bourbon. There's three that we want to do. I want to do a coffee one, a specific coffee one. Uh, a peanut butter one, and we've mm-hmm. accomplished a third of coconut. That's so um, good. It's fun. I'd love to scale it up a little bit bigger, and but we wanted to test the waters because if we screwed this up, it, oh, it no. would be a complete waste <laughs> of money. You
3: might stick with Southern Star on all these I think things. Southern
0: Star hit this out of the goddamn yeah. park. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah really really so cool, I don't think you can say goddamn on the radio if you want to mark that down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really, really tasty. Um,
0: and it, and it the thing is, the one thing I want to avoid from some other brands, and I love Prairie, I'm not dogging on them, but sometimes some of their beers become really thick and syrupy and kind of soy saucy in notes. Uh, I wanted to avoid that and get kind of a crisp barrel-aged stout. Uh, and we used Wild Turkey Barrel, mm-hmm. a Knob Creek mm-hmm. Barrel, and a 1792 Barrel, and I think it just,
4: yeah. yeah that is very three cool barrel
1: stuff. Three barrel run.
0: Which is their minimum for their system. They can't do anything less than three barrels. So yeah.
1: Once we ran into that, uh, another place that they had a five-barrel system, same system.
0: Yeah, and I think what we'll do, uh, we – Canned or kegged approximately thirteen hundred beers, uh, uh, sixteen ounce beers. Kind of twelve packs, right? Uh, twelve packs, but but you can but the twelve but they're not uh, they don't have rings on them or anything. They're just they're in a twelve pack case. You can gotcha. grab one or or not. I think what we'll do is uh, I'd like to see five thousand and get it in Dallas and Austin and you know it just that's cool, man. Just yeah. on a Facebook group. <laughs> You know, it, it,
1: It's really neat how it all evolves. You and I talked about this uh, about a year and a half ago, oh, I
0: have talked to you about a lot of stuff. You, <laughs> yeah. You've been a little bit of a mentor about a, a few things We're I've asked you it. about. Yeah. I'd love – listen, get the Blom Brothers to freaking respond to my emails. And get New Rift to, to come down here because oh. I've been trying to get New Rift for over a year. The problem is they don't have stock.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 you're on their spectrum. I've talked to Jay and Molly already for you.
0: So. I, I, well, Molly spells her name as so my wife. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I got it in, right? Yeah. I could just, you know, I I love their product. I think it would be great in Texas, but the moment it hits Texas, we're gonna clean them out. Yeah, uh, and which which makes yeah. me super proud because it's a. So I don't. I've heard people they don't like it. I'm like, oh, what do you mean you don't like it? It's fantastic.
2: Oh man,
1: it's exciting how a, our industry is evolving. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're getting worse over time. Right? No, right. no, no,
2: no, no,
4: no, no.
1: So, <laughs> no.
2: Heck, I'm a new roof ranger. I joined up, so Chris, I got to go bottle mine.
3: My- can you talk about the beer and uh, since the HBS name is on it, uh, is Southern Star? Are we doing charity work with it or anything like
4: that? So not not
0: yet. So so we wanted to test the waters here, and honestly, for a beer, for a limited edition beer, it's about the max price you could be. It's ten dollars a sixteen ounce can, uh, which is quite pricey for. But th- their Black Crack is what they release every year, and they didn't charge us anything it's extra. 11%. That's a fair price. Yeah, eleven yeah eleven percent sixteen ounces. Party in the can. Um, Party in the can, (laughs) and if it goes well, we we do have. You want more? We do have intentions of expanding on that and doing more, uh, because now that the group has got the influence behind it, we want to do more charity barrels. We want to do. You know, I mean, we gotta. You're doing good. We Mm -hmm. gotta keep it up. We'll see how it goes.
1: Really tasty. No, and I, I'm glad to see HBS come as far as they have, obviously. Well, you've
0: been around since since you've seen a lot of its development. I'll of say course. that. Yeah. Yep. You've also seen some of the shit shows that happened.
3: <laughs> 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 when, we, when we first met him, he was in Texas. I don't know if you remember that, but he was living in the valley at the time.
0: When was this? Uh, gosh, that was
3: 2012, 2013.
0: Oh, but that was, before, that was before I knew any of y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you were down yeah. here. Yeah. So So you've seen Then versus now Quite a bit One more of that beer Yeah Um, Man that's changed Quite a bit in the can
3: It's It's going to That's the neat thing about them It
0: was sweeter A week Mm -hmm. ago Yeah
1: I like that the The coconut is coming out So heavy Mm So it warms up That coconut I kind
0: of I was kind of Regretting it at first I thought they went A little heavy on the coconut And now I think it's perfect Yeah Yeah,
2: It's really good So Home run Carla Mm Yes
0: Is there something You don't like and for in terms of like, are you a bourbon only? I mean, you're the bourbon babe. That's your that's your that's your nom nom de guerre. That's yes, the, that's
2: my persona.
0: Yeah, your, po- your is there persona. something I
2: don't like to drink? Yeah,
0: are you bourbon only? Do you prefer you like scotch? I've got um, a couple scotches and if Ar- you tried the Armagnac yet.
2: I need to get more into scotch. I, I don't like peat. It's, it tastes like band-aids to me. I'm one of those people. I, d- I yeah. But I like it. I d- yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't do it. There's um, a lot
0: of things that taste but, bad, but if you approach it with the right mindset, knowing that there's none of that in there, mm-hmm. sure. like there's no band-aids in there for yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> so knowing that it's more like. It's kind of like the jelly bellies. You get expected. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You get the jelly (laughs) bellies. It tastes like butter popcorn. It tastes just like butter popcorn, but there's no butter popcorn in there. Right. I get it. So it's offensive, but it's not disgusting. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to expand, you know, my, uh, my range on whiskey. Um, I have a funny story. I, when I first started uh, writing about whiskey again, I, I went to uh, whiskey fest in Chicago and you guys know whiskey fest. It's like 300 whiskeys. Um, and I paid extra to go to the VIP. You know what's crazy, hour. by
0: the way, what? we have more than theirs. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. And they do more people than ours. Oh yeah. And they charge more than us. Yep. And I'm like, man, it's
2: yeah, Texas isn't
0: quite there yet. Yeah. Four hundred.
2: Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. I'm still
0: waiting on. So we update that. Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. I, I say this. We, I'm writing
2: this down so I can remember.
0: <laughs> we up, we update our our list as we get them from the vendors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple major vendors back out last minute because of turnover. The big a big problem you have with these events is someone gets hired or fired or oh, quits. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, we have one vendor who paid. The guy quit his job. They're just not coming. Huh. And, they, and they paid to be there. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you next year. We'll take yeah. your money. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not, you're not getting it back. <laughs> it's, it's already been spent. Um, no, so it's... it's And we've got four 376 on the website right now. And we're still waiting on a handful of vendors to give me their poor list of what they expect. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm bringing a few things uh, knowing that you're coming, I want to make an impression on you guys <laughs> in the green room. We've got some '60s J.W. Dant, We've got some old Lee for the '30s that I'd like to burn through. That sounds. I've awesome. got some 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 things that I'm gonna bring cool. back for us to kind of nice. enjoy. If you need a break, you know, get. Yeah. Have you have you worked a lot of these events or just gone as guests?
2: Um, I've gone as guests mostly, but so. it's a,
0: on your feet behind a yeah. table can be a bit yep. maddening. So I'm gonna loosen your lower awesome. your blood pressure. No. Oh yeah, yeah, got plenty of black tot. Awesome. So if are you rum drinker,
2: yes, love yeah. Rum
0: so we've drink. got that's some '70s black good. tot, that's 50, 49 years old. I can't wait to
2: try that. I on. know yeah, that yeah, sounds
0: great. Yeah, and it's heavy and rich and thick. But right, go ahead.
2: Okay, so my story was, um, so yeah, so I paid extra to be in the VIP hour, which is what you definitely want to do at Whiskey Fest because you can totally tell when they open the gates and all the riff comes in, you know, and they're just like I <laughs> all the poor get people, drunk. yeah, all the poor people that just want to get drunk and everybody just lines up for the pappy and that's all they do, but. But at this particular Whiskey Fest, I had tasted all the bourbons that were on offer, so I thought, you know, I need to expand my, my repertoire here. And so somebody had told me that Red Breast Irish Whiskey was a good oh, one to try, right? it's
0: fantastic.
2: So I go over to the Red Breast booth, and there's a younger man and an older man sitting there. And, you know, I've got my glass, I've got my, you know, my ID thing. I obviously paid money to be here. And I said, you know, I'd like to try the Red Breast. And the young guy says, do you want the 12-year, the 15-year, or the cask strength? And I said, well, I don't know. What would you recommend? And the old guy leaps into action and he says, well, if you're just starting out, I'd recommend the 12-year and then the 15-year and then maybe the cask strength. And That's he all a but, pretty
0: decent Irish yeah, accent, thank you. by the way. Yeah, he, all that was, but, that was he all but
2: patted me on the head. <laughs> when I, said, I do
0: it, it sounds Mexican. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I stood there for a minute and I, I put on the accent of my native people and I said, well, if it makes a difference, I'm from Kentucky and I like a high-proof bourbon. And they both sat there and he said, in that case, you may proceed directly to the cask strength.
4: <laughs> and so, the 12 uh,
0: yes. is great on its own. The 12 is fantastic. Yeah. It
2: was good, you know, but, you know, it's not bourbon. I mean, it was even sure. the cask strength was, you know, not, a bit weaker. Yeah, not, yeah. weaker the but,
0: used barrel thing is is not, you know, we're, I think we're in a bit of a, a, a privileged state that we get these super dark fresh barrels every time. That's right. Uh, so it's weird to acclimate for some people to... A used yes. sherry barrel or used, or used ex-bourbon.
2: Although something. I have, you so know. They
3: have red spot at the, at the whiskey social? History? So
0: no, red okay. spot is not going to be there. But now that you're saying those words, I don't know <laughs> who the supplier is. Uh, that's a that's a interesting new development for me. See how young and, and I tried it last night. See how young and naive I am. I've got a bottle in the truck. I almost brought it up here, but I figured I expected that you were bringing some heat. So uh, I've I've been a fed of of green spot since before it was it wasn't available mm-hmm. here four years ago, and you couldn't get in the U.S. And me and my wife were in Scotland. And so we started another tradition where every St. Paddy's Day, we opened the bottle we brought directly from Dublin before it was available in the U.S. Nice. And it tastes nice. different than what's available here in the U.S. Yeah.
3: Sure. Uh, green Spot used to be in a green bottle yeah. years ago. At that time, you could not get it in the United States. And mm-hmm. I found out about it from a bar in Los Angeles. And a friend of a friend recommended it. I slicked, I, I had to find where to get it. So I found a place in New York City that would ship here and I ended up buying it from them. Um, bought it for about two years.
0: I tell you what, let's do this. I know people who are listening can't hear anything you're okay. saying. Bring your chair over here <laughs> yeah. and put your mic between both of y'all. No, right. no, no, put it right here and then both of y'all share the mic.
3: All right. So scoot down a little bit.
0: So, I got some barrel char on my beer, so, by the way. Uh,
3: <laughs> that's really exciting. Green spot. <laughs> Green spot. Uh, I think this really was legit. around I think when I went to LA it was around twenty ten when Can I you hear him, Josh? Yeah, I discovered green spot, and it was in a bar, and um, my wife's friend introduced me to it. I never had it before; I hadn't even heard of it. After I tried it, I had to seek it out. Right? It was oh, like, for I sure. Find That's stuff. how I felt. So I went online, started looking around. <laughs> found out they don't import it to the United States. The only ones that come over are hand carried. Some stores have it. <clears throat> so I, I finally found a place in New York City that would sell it and ship it to us. Um. So we we were able to get a few bottles. Within a few years, or I say one year, they started shipping it to me by the case. (laughs) Then by the three cases. And, you know, we were were hooking up friends as gifts and things like that. And uh, then they started importing it the year after that. And the price basically went in half when they started doing that. And so, you know, you compare these current green spots to the ones that were back then. They were definitely different back then, back in the 2012 time frame, 2011. And um, so the story was they had four spots. They had the originally the green spot. They had the blue spot, which was a 10-year.
0: Never had that. The yellow spot.
3: It it, it doesn't exist. So, yeah, the yellow spot's 12-year, and then you have the red spot, which is 15. So there's rumors that after this red spot has been released, they may eventually bring the blue spot back.
0: They should do a black spot and um, make it peated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: So, anyway, it, it's kind of cool to see this this history being restored. There's a few.
0: Connemara is a peated Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and it's pretty bizarre.
3: So, I think these date back to the 50s. All these spots date back to the 50s, and they discontinued them sometime, I think, around the 70s or 80s, early 80s. And it's kind of cool seeing this progression where they're bringing them back to the market because there's this this heritage of the spot whiskeys from way back. And, sure. And, and –
0: they were now the little guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway,
3: kind of some cool history there and how, how the United States finally discovered a Green Spot and brought it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the time I was buying it back then, I think only about 100 cases a year were making it into the United States. Yeah,
0: they weren't doing much.
3: And I think I brought in three or four cases that yeah. first year. So <laughs> You know, do the math. Well, anyway. stick around. Don't leave. Yeah, awesome.
0: Screw down a little yeah. bit more. And, go and go no, go 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 no, no. Yeah, grab your, grab your glass. If I had realized we can just share it like – do a thing yeah, sure. that between that wouldn't I, I wouldn't be...
3: intended on getting on camera. no yeah. it's fine you know I've been it's... wanting to
0: have you on anyways because you're one of the only other NASA people I know that haven't been on the show Mike Salapek, Pasha and uh, Steve Platt's have been on uh, Randy works for NASA uh, awesome. he's yeah. part of the capsule parachute no, assembly. No, that's, that's a little... <laughs> but that's what
3: you, yeah, you yeah, work was, on I was working on that for two years we tested the, the uh, Orion parachutes in the desert. Did drop tests out of a C-17 airplane.
4: Very
3: cool. And uh, did the qualification test and a man rate those parachutes. So.
0: Can you see him on camera, good, quite or a, is he yeah. his back turned to us completely? have been a little bit, but he's, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure people can see that beautiful. So
3: face. that uh, <laughs> I'm a got good side. So um, yeah, so that was a that was quite the adventure. And I'd worked exercise equipment for space station for seventeen years before that. Um, and I, I, do, I work for the contractor. I don't work for NASA directly, but they are my customer, you know. So. Sure, sure. Um, finished up that, went over the parachute testing for two years. When that ended, I was looking for a new opportunity, and uh, along comes the new spacesuit. So now I'm working on the new spacesuit. They call it the uh, the XEMU Exploration, EMU. Um, current, the current uh, spacesuits have been around probably since the early 80s. Uh, you know, I'm ballparking it. And so that technology is is dated quite a bit. They still work great, but we need something new when we start sure. going to Mars. Can you make
4: more for women? They, they, <laughs> yeah, I, I heard they canceled yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that
0: for no, a minute. I, can't, I, can't, I yeah. heard they canceled the walk because oh, yeah. the suits didn't fit women. Didn't I don't work that
3: current <laughs> system, so I, I
4: have no idea.
3: But um, I'm, I'm kind of the new kid on the block, and I'm, I'm over the requirements. So we're making sure that all the requirements are met on this new suit, and that's mm-hmm. kind of my job on that. And um, it's exciting, man. Uh, you know, being there almost 20 years, you see a lot of a lot of uh, ebb and flow. Of, sure, of especially with government, government funding. <laughs> yeah, government funding. You have different missions come up. And so it's been quite the ride seeing uh, how the mission of NASA has changed over the years and how there's a new excitement about mm-hmm. our exploration program. And, you know, just this past week, the, the vice president has issued, okay, let's go to the moon Within, by 2025, I think he said. And so that's exciting.
0: Why I've, is he wanting to go back to the moon by twenty Can the, you guys do it tomorrow?
3: I, I don't know what, what drove it. You know, I can't really speak to why. Because we
0: didn't go the first time is what you're trying yeah. to say. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I've, I've seen the, I've the touched, modules from there. I'm like, there's no way this thing made it through I've, space. I've touched
3: the moon rocks, so hopefully they're, they're real moon rocks. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting, especially for the people working out there to see that there's a focused mission to get us back out into that exploration realm. And you know, we're bringing new rockets online within the next few years that are going to be able to get us there. And um, just having a part of that, like especially the parachute system, they always call that the the most dangerous. Uh, I think it's the most dangerous three or four minutes of the whole mission is the return right there when you're coming through the atmosphere. So to making have sure the, testing those and making parachutes sure. parachutes work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we tested them you know, in all kinds of parameters to make sure they work. So how fast every, do they
0: get on entry
3: I can't remember um,
0: some crazy speed
3: yeah they're not supersonic uh, when they enter the atmosphere but it's pretty fast i mean yeah it's fast and so you have to test the system make sure it can withstand all those forces that are at play there but to have you know, just to know every time i see on tv see this this capsule come into the atmosphere and see those parachutes <laughs> pop it's going to be cool knowing that it, that you
0: test. still get to keep your job?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and you can yeah. buy more bourbon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we were just testers. That's <laughs> great.
0: Yeah, and I, I've talked about that on this show too. The most fascinating individuals, you know, this hobby requires a bit of liquid income, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to get into this. So I found the most, yeah, no pun intended, <laughs> the most interesting people in this hobby. Nat, people who work at NASA, you know, authors, I mean, news reporters. I mean, there's, there's, the most coming together, I mean, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Was his Master Seller, Brent, Brent, Elliott. Elliott. Brent Elliott. He's a chemical engineer, like, mm-hmm. his his background has nothing to do with whiskey. I mean, Marianne Barnes, same sorry. thing. Sorry, Eve, sorry,
3: yeah, yeah, Brett Connors, who works yeah. for Marianne as a microbiologist, PhD. I, I met someone the other day that Amazing. I've been
0: talking to for years and didn't know what he did. Uh, um, Aaron Silver, Aaron, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Aaron Silver, I was on my way up to Dallas to to go visit Iron Root, which we got to get to this. I want to, I, I haven't tasted it silver. I mean, I haven't tasted it without a cigar in my mouth. Um, Aaron, uh, I show up to his house. He's living very comfortably. I'm like, <laughs> what do you, what do you do, man? Like, I, I've mm-hmm. talked to you for years. I didn't know anything about you, and he kind of stumbled his way into medical billing, but from the the psychologist side, Mm -hmm. people who go visit, uh, you know, therapists and stuff. And, uh, just, it's so, it's all the interesting stories under where you got where you are today sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you you meet 20 new people. Bart Bogus has one of the most incredible low-key collections in the Mm -hmm. entire state of Texas that no one, publicly knows about mm-hmm. now no. <laughs> uh he's sitting on two three thousand bottles cases of like crazy stuff and it but he's quiet about it and he's got an interesting backstory having to do with insuring 18 wheelers like how do you <laughs> there's this michael canfield he's an energy broker okay I, I, I might be but he doesn't watch this but i might be butchering what michael's job is but it, something to do with energy credits mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh if you've been to his house it's pretty comfortable and it's, it's just fascinating that, that who you run into and get to know and meet and I would have never met someone from NASA if it wasn't for this hobby. Mm-hmm.
3: So I always say our hobby, yes, it's about the whiskey. We enjoy this whiskey. It is, it is. It's an know, equalizer. It's a. You it know, brings you,
0: people together that have no reason to talk well, to each other otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and you
3: have the, you have this starting point. You venture into it into the, as a hobby. Before you know it, you start meeting people in the industry, and I mean, not everybody does that. The the, the serious collectors, I think, do know people in the industry. But what I've always told people, they say, why why do you enjoy this so much? It's not the whiskey. It's the people we meet.
4: Oh, it's 100% mm-hmm. the people Absolutely. we meet. Absolutely.
3: That's why we enjoy it so much is you get to meet <laughs> so many diverse people from all over the country. I tell Ed all the time with with the groups online, not just the Houston group. There's national groups out there as well. There's probably not a city in this country that he or I could go to or you even or you. You know people in every single sure. city or within – Forty miles. Every time I post, yep. I'm going somewhere. You know, I'm like, yeah, and, 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 I'm going to Seattle. Like, yeah. hey, hit me up when you get <laughs> yeah. town yeah. Let's go have lunch. And like, you, and, and you it, talk to people yeah. that aren't in this bourbon world or this bourbon culture, and they it blows. You've their also mind. never met them in person. Right. There's a right. lot you've That's never true. met in person. Right.
0: Yep. And all of a sudden, your best friends having lunch together, and yeah. it's not Tell weird. Me how awkward yeah. that
1: first conversation is when you first yeah. meet somebody you've been talking to forever and on online. And yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah. There is
0: a brief moment, but you know what fixes that is one drink. Yeah,
3: one drink. It's
0: like, man, you remember that thing that happened in PCS the other day <laughs> yeah, no,
4: no.
3: Ed and I Ed and I talked online for probably four or God five years Baldwin. before we finally met in person and yeah. uh, you know and it's not just somebody in that town it's people that would let you stay with them if, if you mm-hmm. needed to you know never before. even yeah. met yeah. them it's like know? I'll the f-
0: come over the first time you met him was this
3: last year <laughs> No, no, Uh, before that,
0: that. yeah. A great example is Randall Kirsch. Yeah, Mm
3: -hmm. Randy Kirsch. You hand out,
0: you hand out to California. I got a place for you. Yeah, right.
1: Oh yeah. Got all the booze you can drink and a place to stay and And all the best in the world. (laughs) Some of the (laughs) one place,
0: some of the most incredible patio settings you've ever (laughs) seen. With a really nice, yeah. I met a woman like that. Yeah, Yeah,
2: super (laughs) great. Last weekend at the New Orleans festival, you know, I finished a session and this woman came (laughs) up and she's like, "Oh, when you go to St. Louis, blah blah blah, and you can stay at my house." And I'm like, "Okay, awesome. I'm gonna hit you up on that." Yeah, like, don't tell me that. If you don't mean it, don't say
3: that. I guess, you know, to to bring that around full circle, it's about the people and it's about we all share this common thing and everybody, you know, of course, there's the arguments online from time to time. Oh, sure. In general.
0: Even me and Ed have had a couple questionable.
3: Huge, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, everybody shares something and it makes everybody kind of get along and and you can talk shop with them. I'll
0: be honest with you. Most people I've met and learn who even if they're difficult online are not the same in person. Absolutely. 100%. There's a recent tiff I had that you're aware of that he's great in person, not so much yeah, online. Yeah. Wade is often divisive. Great in person c- can be difficult at times he's online.
1: A, he, he's abrasive, but he, he's calculated abrasive. Yeah. He's an amazing person. There's
0: very few times I've actually seen some of these people actually get angry. It's more about their approach and not so much about their temper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the environment here has been so incredible i mean there's been some that i've even even though you said that first meeting not always sometimes it's like we've been friends for years we've never mm-hmm. met in person but all of a sudden i know who you are we've been talking online it, it's it's um it's a unifier yeah mm-hmm. you know between facebook and listen facebook was garbage 3 years ago i know the i don't actually i don't know how long the secondary market's been around and i don't know how long <laughs> I don't know how long that's been happening on Facebook, but I will say that four years ago when my Facebook feed was all politics, I wanted, I thought about giving up Facebook. Mm-hmm. And now 99% of my feed is bourbon groups and right. posts and, and I could... If it doesn't apply to me, I just keep scrolling.
2: The illegal secondary market. Yeah,
0: probably. yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't talk don't about know. Fight Club. I, yeah, I don't know um, anything about that. Yeah, let's open to other beer. I want, I want more of that. <laughs>
2: but you know, the other thing that that you know, it's about drinking the bourbon too. Sure. I mean, it's it's, yeah, it it's it, that's what it's for. It's a very social. Yeah, thing. it's not
0: about collecting. Yeah, eat, I mean, the Pokemon vacation the right. Of I mean, beer. that's
2: what I don't get is the people on Facebook who are like, "Here's whiskey. my collection," and they're all cl- none of them are open. You know, I mean. <laughs> I have a modest collection because I drink it. I mean, I might put aside a bottle and say, "Oh, I'm going to save this for my anniversary this year" or something like that. But you know, I don't. I don't get the hoarders, you know, who never open the stuff. Well, well I just,
0: I, I, let me defend them for a second because a lot of people, going back to liquid income, some people can't afford to buy more than a bottle at a time. Sometimes a case at a time of something or a mm-hmm. mix of something, and they don't drink as fast as they purchase. So it's not intentionally hoarding. I have
2: Some people buy it though that don't even drink it. Agreed.
0: Oh <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right, right. But I'm gonna defer yeah, okay. to the positive right. the positive glass half full mentality. Okay. That there are a lot of people, including myself, we I'm sitting I built some shelving in the garage to hold my collection. Because my wife wouldn't let me putting it on every available shelf in the living yes. room. Right? right. So we're
2: running into that problem. Yeah. Though. So we
0: have bookshelves that for those shelves on both bookshelves are whiskey. Oh, yeah. All our, all our So bookshelves I built are whiskey. shelving in the garage and now I had to build a second set of shelving. And so I'm sitting on about 600 bottles and I drink all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm intentionally doing that. Right. You know, it's just you accrue faster. And like for the <laughs> event this year, we, we, Part of our problem in Texas is our laws are kind of garbage. Mm -hmm. So we give away uh, for every VIP paid VIP ticket holder. If you paid to be a VIP, we give you a bottle that we paid for out of our profit. Mm-hmm. To to prove to the brand that because you can't sell at the event technically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. technically you can't say here's my money. Let me take a bottle home. You Can't right. do that here. I don't know how it is in Kentucky, but I know you can buy at bars, which is awesome.
1: If they have the right license. Yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. So in Texas, what we do is uh, we want to prove to the brands that we are making an impact. That you're mm-hmm. not just paying to be there. So we we're giving away 600 bottles this year.
2: Well, that's great.
0: And that's for 600 paid VIP ticket mm-hmm. holders. But what happens is some people get a few drinks in them, ready to go get some food or ready to go leave, whatever. So we get left with a couple cases sometimes a couple more than so then i've got to add an immediate 50 bottles to my collection i'm just we're saying feeling bad for you. So i'm so just saying i'm bad. not hoarding i'm not hoarding <laughs> so me,
3: can I i'm speak, doing my part yeah for sure. can i speak to the hoarding a little bit because i i was there at one point i was i was like we got to get this stuff because it's no longer well, some of them available. were an investment for Well, no not really i mean it was it was stuff i like to drink store picks so i'm gonna go mm-hmm. the, with the store picks so, years ago, we used to think these store picks weren't going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. So, you would buy a case at a and time. And are pulling back four roses. Well, and okay. Combined. But – okay. So, let me, let me go on to this. You, you were buying a case at a time because this may not be around next year. Well, then as you get through two, three, four years down the road – Okay, there's still Four Roses Picks. There's still Knob Creek. There's still, you know, whatever. We hoped, but
0: they're definitely there. They're still yeah. around. And so yeah. they
3: didn't stop. And so at some point you have to say, okay, they're going to be around. I'm going to drink what I have and, and just buy them as, I, as they come up. You know, and so that way you don't get you don't end up with six or 700 right. bottles. You might keep, you know, some people might want 20. Some people might want 100, 150 But you don't have to keep this huge collection anymore because these store picks are becoming a thing. They're popular now, whereas back in the day they were very exclusive and only in these pick groups and things. Now they're open to the public. Well, this is some of the best uh, goddamn wild turkey I've ever had. It's awesome.
2: Well, I know I have a friend who has one of those, what are they called? Pelican cases that you get mm-hmm. fireproof cases. He's oh, got yeah. some of his, his that's, whiskey That's that. an exorbitant
0: price that holds like four bottles. Yeah, a travel, <laughs> and, that's a travel case? Yeah.
2: And he was, he said, okay, he, he plays this, it. he plays this game. He's like, if, if, okay, there's a fire, your house is on fire. You've got not your kids, your, you know, your spouse, your pets, your pictures. What whiskey do you run back in to save? Right. And I was like, I don't even get that. Like, first of all, it's going to explode. You know, I'm no, not going to run. my laptop, my back. watches, yeah, I mean, my jewelry. I, I, you like, know, he that. was so disappointed in me. But I was just like, there's nothing I can think story. of that I would run back and save in a fire. I, you know, that's, just, I don't think of my. It's you know, so, a yeah. so yeah.
3: funny story. Hurricane Harvey's rolling in, right? I'm at the Mayweather fight. I'm, a, I'm across town. <laughs> I'm not in my house. And we didn't realize that this huge I mean, storm was going to come here? in. Wasn't here. What's that?
0: The Mayweather fight. No, we were
3: watching. I'm sorry. We oh, were I watching. Was at, the Mayweather I was at Mayweather a fight. buddy's house. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. my birthday. <laughs> that was my birthday, and I kept telling people that the rain was wasn't be as town. bad as people thought they were. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm ten miles from home. It'll clear off. <laughs> We didn't realize what was going on outside. Yeah, and, and it dumped 20 inches of rain in four hours. Yeah. Okay. So, the streets were flooded. We tried to leave. We couldn't get out. So, the first thing I caught my wife, I'm like, get my Booker's Rye off the floor. <laughs> that was the very first thing I told her. I was like, if it starts coming in the house, grab my you're, Booker's you're Rye and water? get it upstairs. Because, yeah. you know, I had some whiskey on the floor yeah. in my closet. and um, Our, My LaFroix shelf is on the bottom shelf. Uh. Yeah.
0: So, it's only two so inches I, off
3: the floor. I, it wasn't the first thing I thought of, but You're it was one of them. You're reconsidering this now, aren't
2: you? Because,
3: you know, that's that's valuable stuff, and it's stuff I wanted to drink. So, anyway. Yeah. Funny story. So, you strike me as someone that is
0: very uh, female conscious. There's been a – like the, well, I, I'm, I'm asking you this. What is your yep. – do you have – what is your biggest – because I ran into an issue. I had Elise Blackman on the show. Uh, McAllen sponsors the show. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Elise Blackman is the... Um, I think her title just changed, but she's like the South Texas regional... She went on a show called Scotch Test Dummies, mm-hmm. and she spoke on McAllen. She is probably the most passionate, most well-spoken... I mean, she's, she's, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I adore her. But... The comments of this YouTube video
4: were brutal.
0: <laughs> just a bunch of old, fat white guys. Mm-hmm. Not just white. I, yeah. I shouldn't say that. But just, just old, ger- curmudgeon-y, jerky guys uh, talking about how she talked too fast and that you can tell it's not her passion. What's, what's the biggest? Because what happens is these events will hire what they call poor girls, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to a festival. There's actually marketing agencies that hire beautiful women to pour that don't necessarily know a lot about what they're pouring.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're appealing to this audience of men, but right. also um, there are some women who actually do this because they're well-spoken, well-knowledgeable. I mean, you, you've you mm-hmm. done this for years and you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest frustrations you've seen? That's And do you see it more in the bourbon world or is it just in general?
2: Well, I think in Kentucky we're seeing it less, but you still see it. I mean, you know, it's still... When I first, um, I mean, bourbon has always been my drink since college. I mean, I, you know, I Maker's Mark, you know, Coke like, you at a party, know, you know, and it's like, this is my drink. You know, I never like the white spirits. So I've always liked bourbon. But, you know, I got used to going up and ordering. I'd like a bourbon neat. Are you sure that's what you want? You know, yeah, I'm sure. That's why I ordered it. You know, um, I can't tell you the number of times my husband and I would go out. He he would order a glass of wine. I would order a bourbon. The server would come back and yeah, yeah. give him the bourbon and <laughs> me the wine. I'm like, no, you know. I'm a so, big fan
0: of pina coladas. And yeah. And <laughs> when my wife go out, she'll order a whiskey. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I drink whiskey at home all the time. Mm-hmm. Let me have a pina colada. Right. Give Can her I a get a copy colada. of that, please? <laughs> Thank you. I, lo- I, have a, I love it. I love it. If it's you a like handy. Pina Coladas yeah. so, so Cruise ships are your bag Yeah I've never been oh. I've never been I want to <laughs> go See we're stereotyping You right now Yeah be. well you should Yeah
2: yeah <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think, you know, it is annoying when, when brands hire those, those poor girls. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's annoying. It's defeating. It is defeating. It's It's defeating to women. I mean, but you know, I've also had, I've also experienced, you know, gotten pores from guys who don't know what they're talking about. So, I mean, you know, it's not just Honestly, that's
0: more offensive to me.
2: Yeah. Is it? Well,
0: (laughs) which might be, which might be my own, uh, but
2: because men instinctively know more
0: about No, 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 no. (laughs) What I'm saying (laughs) is, is there's, and I can, I I can understand how you're going that way. Mm -hmm. But when I see it. A man at a, at a booth that took the effort to buy a kilt and to really put on a... There, there's actually a well-known brand rep. I won't say his name to out him. I like the brand. But he's he's he was an actor before this. And his Scottish accent is complete bullshit and fake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, he'll go to these events dressed in a, in a kilt. And he's got a Scottish accent. And...
1: It's insulting.
0: It's yeah. insulting, right? Yeah, right. So, it's not that he's male that pisses me off. Right. But when you try to exude this image of manliness and you're trying to pitch the idea of manliness and and let's be honest, whiskey is largely advertised to manly men. You don't drink your whiskey and eat? Oh, well, then you're a girl, right? Yeah. So, it's this weird...
1: Thing that happens. Well, so I'm, I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead.
1: There, there's an evolution going on up in northern Kentucky to where that's not really the case. And what I've noticed is is that the cocktails are starting to dominate in the whiskey world. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The competitions for the cocktails are unbelievable up yeah. there. And, and we the, have
2: Molly Wellman writing for Bourbon mm-hmm. Plus, who's awesome, and I mean,
1: you know she's yeah. a personal friend. Yes, uh, I, absolutely yes, love, I Molly. love Molly. Yeah, she's yeah. great. But. And she, would she just win like bartender of the bartender world, bartender of the world, something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so she's great. So that that whole element of the of it doesn't necessarily have to be neat anymore is now changing in Northern Kentucky. To I where agree. They're yeah. drinking it however you want it. It's well, great. in
2: fact, I mean, the very first line of Mad Men, uh, the series, was Don Draper saying, "Can I get another one of these, in old fashioned?" You know, and that was part of what sort yeah. of brought the cocktail culture back. Oh, they know? definitely contributed to drinking yeah. the drink culture. <laughs> Although he was probably drinking, you know, C B yeah. or something. I, but you
3: go to any bar, any whiskey bar around town, and I would say it's it's half women now around Houston. Yeah. I think the bourbon experience uh not only are guys bringing their wives into it and maybe they were there all along my wife's a prime example her dad drank bourbon she's always been a bourbon fan and and that is one thing that enables me to have the collection (laughs) i have is because she partakes in the hobby with me
4: Mm -hmm. and we
3: enjoy it you know and um and my, you know, my son is learning about bourbon. He's he's a young guy, right? But he's, he's excited about it. He likes, he looks forward to the day where he can sit down and have a pour with me.
2: Yeah, I think and, uh, um, I'm a member of Bur- the Bourbon Women Association, which was mm-hmm. formed in Louisville in 2011. It's a networking uh, group for well, women. You guys have an event every year too, yeah, right? Yes, so we have yeah. a sip-posium, um mm-hmm. where women come from all over the country and to the home place of bourbon. Um, but, you know, I think that formed largely because our founder, Peggy No Stevens, who was the first female master taster, And work for Brown Foreman and in hospitality. When she would lead events, men would ask questions. The women would hold back and not ask as many questions until after the event. Then they would come up and they would ask really intelligent questions. They just didn't want to ask them in front of everybody. And so she thought maybe we need an atmosphere where people feel, where women feel more comfortable about asking questions. Now, I don't feel intimidated about asking anything anywhere but um you know i think women have always been drinking bourbon Mm -hmm. um but the industry really has not marketed to women and they don't know how to market to women um they're getting better at that but i think
0: well and they they, and we're running out of time but uh, um i think they're doing it wrong initially like with the lady walker oh yeah and uh they started doing a couple there was a couple there was a lady walker and one other one Mm -hmm. Uh, well, actually, Mia Kunis is a whiskey drinker. Yeah. I liked the fact yeah. that she was the rep for Well, me. Woodford
2: Reserve had a really off-putting commercial that they ran during Mad Men where it was like... Uh, the voiceover was, you know, my I want a man who can build me a shelf and let me use the hammer and not care that I don't know how to use it. And I was just like, what is this? This is horrible. You know, it's I mean, horrible. it was just... Yeah, it was awful. So, one thing that our group does is provide information to the industry because when we've done blind tastings, by far, you know... The women prefer the high proof, you know, whiskey. Sure. I mean, that you know, we don't want little pink drinks with, co- you know, with, with umbrellas in them. You know, my <laughs> so. wife's
0: got a, better, a way better palate than I yep. do. I, I had a, a couple of broken nose incidents many years ago, <laughs> and my wife. Uh, I, I think that I have a very. Uh, I can find the, I can appreciate many spirits, mm-hmm. um, but I think my wife is really honed in. And I think, her, and I think a study came out not too long ago saying that women have better palates than men in, in general. Uh, it, it's just this—the frustration exists, and I—I I, I defended Elise completely because this guy mm-hmm. was a complete jerk. About he's like, you can tell she doesn't care about what. No, she absolutely comes <laughs> across as someone who loves mm-hmm. whiskey, and uh, I, I'm always just curious about a female's perspective mm-hmm. on, on that whole thing because it's something that I think we are moving away from. We're moving away from less snobbery but yeah. uh, and, and more think, diverse palettes.
2: I think we're to the point too where we can stop saying female master distiller. I mean, you know, they're master distillers. You know, Marianne sure. Eves Absolutely. is a master distiller. You know, it's it's it was it was novel, but you know, we, we've got several of them now. You know, we don't need to single them out. They're master right. distillers.
0: I agree with you. you know. I agree with you completely. <laughs> Listen, we burned through our all four <laughs> segments pretty fast, and we're actually way over. So, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show, Carla. Yeah, it was very you. nice meeting yeah, you. I look forward nice to meeting. seeing you tomorrow. Yep. And if you need a pour at all for what's going to happen to you tomorrow, it's going to be brutal. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a thir- we're expecting close to thirteen hundred people. Oh Holy my goodness, cow. So wow. it's uh, it's a it's a beast. That's so, awesome. and I'm super excited about hanging out with you, man. That's great. Uh, I've got I'm going to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off the next five hours, but uh, at some point. I want to sit down with you and have a drink. <laughs>
4: definitely.
0: It'd be a complete crime if you left without us sitting down together. We'll definitely have a point. Um when are, you, when are you flying out? Um, Monday afternoon. Yeah. Okay.
3: We'll find time. Yeah. I
0: think I'm re- physically recuperating Sunday, but I can find time Sunday we'll evening or something.
3: Come, <laughs> come over Sunday. We'll,
0: yeah. Oh, we'll I have. haven't been to your house yet. And Don's across the street yeah. or next door. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank Cheers. You. One yeah. last one.
2: All right. Cheers. 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 Nice thank, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs>